Hey everybody, welcome back. This is episode 14 of Off the Beaten Clef, and this week we're talking about Misfits, Famous Monsters. So, let's get into it. We're doing Misfits. Mis- I've been waiting to the do Misfits. Misfits. No, not the Misfits. The band name is Misfits. I made sure to tell Dylan that before we started recording. Now, it's, it's going to be impossible to construct a sentence and not say the Misfits from time to time, but the band is just called Misfits, officially. But yeah, no, so I love the, I love the Misfits. <laughs> you, see, you, can't, you can't avoid it. But I love this band, and I've hesitated doing them earlier because i wanted to kind of explore some other stuff uh but and now i'm gonna like until we start doing our themed months which is something we still need to talk about i want to do some some albums that i i hold near and dear to my heart and this is one of them uh it's one of those i didn't discover the misfits until this album so like and until a couple years after this album even because i was in high school and this came out in 99 and I absolutely fell in love with it from the get-go. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. It's definitely on my like Desert Island album playlist. And I was, I'm, when you told me you had never heard, like listened to any Misfits before, I, I nearly came with excitement. <laughs> <laughs> because I was so, ex- I'm, I'm so excited to introduce a fan of punk and pop punk to one of the best, if not one of the first pop punk bands ever to do it. And I'm so excited to get your feedback on this album and on the Misfits in general. Um, I mean, like, I hope you go back and you listen to some of their older stuff too, like American Psycho, the the, the first Michael Graves the Misfits album is also great. Um, yeah, I'm just excited to talk about this with with you having the same exact experience that I had finding the Misfits. Obviously, I didn't do it do a podcast on it, but this is the first Misfits album I ever listened to. So, it's my great pleasure to have introduced you to the Misfits the same way I was introduced to them. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm so excited because it just seems like one of those things that's been in our, our at least in my life. Like I've I've seen people with Misfits t-shirts yeah. on, which is more of like a everyone's wearing a Nirvana or Guns N' Roses it, shirt. It's, where, it's it's a it's one of those classic shirts where it's like yeah you you have that band on, but have you ever actually could you name me five songs from Misfits? I guarantee ninety percent of the people that wear those can. Yeah, yeah. Which is like. That's one of the few times where you feel like you should be allowed to say that. Like, oh, you like the Misfits? What's their most famous? What's your favorite Misfits <laughs> yeah, song? Right. Like, uh, I don't know. I found it. at. <laughs> just go up to them and say, uh, Graves or Glenn. And see what they say. And if they just look at you blankly, then they're not Misfits fans. Yeah. Uh, and that was always like in the front of my mind. Like, oh, like I kind of associate it with posers. So yeah, I sure. didn't know much about the Misfits. Uh, or misfits, however you want to it say just, it. You can just say the misfits. I was just being an asshole. I, yeah, I'm not going to be able to control it. <laughs> but I also knew that I have only scratched the surface of, of pop punk, and because it kind of came into my life in the late 2000s. So anything before that, anything that influenced it, I've always wanted to kind of get into it. But where do you begin? You know, and right, sure. uh, I was really excited for this album because it is 
it feels like uh, pop punk's kind of wavering right now and just going backwards just gets you a little bit more excited about it. Yeah, and I, I think I'll talk about it multiple times, but I think this is pop punk executed perfectly. Mm-hmm. I really do. It's just because it has all of like those those '80s pop sensibilities in the instrumentals, but Michael Graves' vocals makes it just instantly accessible. Like you hear this really grungy, really just dense wall of sound from the the guitars and the drums, and then Michael Graves comes in and just smooths it all over like butter man and it's it's just really really good and i think that's let's let's talk about the elephant in the room sure uh, the graves versus danzig argument that exists that solely exists with through, through misfit fans and i know most a lot of like misfits purists say danzig or nothing but here's my argument for michael graves okay they both did two albums they only did two albums one of danzig albums i think is objectively terrible and that's earth ad American Psycho and Famous Monsters are two of my favorite punk albums of all time. And Famous Monsters might be my favorite punk album of all time. And the way he, he his voice lends itself to the exact kind of theme that they're going for, that kind of monster vision, TNT, like Saturday night, um, like monster marathon feel like that. He, Michael Graves is perfect for that. Like he sounds like a guy who would be introducing, he sounds like Bella Lugosi, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like it's great. It's great. And so if you, if you want to like Danzig better, if you like shitty production quality, because that's what punk should be great, but don't tell me it's better because it's objectively not. Again, I've talked about it on almost every single episode, better production quality almost always means better music. And the production quality on this album is great for the most part. There's some where it kind of filters out, but I think that's intentional. And there's just, to me, there's never been a better, I've never had a better experience listening to a punk album than this one. And in my, in my own personal opinion, Famous Monsters is, is about as perfect as a punk album can be. Yeah. And it's great because it has these really short snippet songs. It's 18 album song or, or 18, 18 track album 18 track album <laughs> that you sent me i'm like what the fuck and then it's only 44 minutes 45 long. minutes long this is <laughs> this is great before i even listened to it i was like awesome that's exactly what i want uh there's some great filler songs in here and normally if if it's a throwaway song you're only wasting two minutes yeah for, for the sake of the album right and the, the, yeah in the middle of the album like you know, you know track eight through ten yeah they're fine but it's still, I mean, that's it's exactly, we talked about that before too. Like, that's the way albums are constructed. You put your throwaway tracks in the middle because everybody's waiting to, you know, for that final plunge into the awesome end. And Yeah, and I think this album does a really good job of not necessarily just being punk rock. Like, that's true. I don't, yeah, I there's don't know a lot exactly of hard what rock. Yeah. rock is, but um, it feels sometimes metal, new metal, uh, even like 80s hairband yeah. songs. Yep. Um, so there, it, this isn't just like a straightforward pop punk album, and I think that's what uh, makes it exciting and keeps it fresh for 18 songs. Yeah, and you know you can't talk about this album without talking about its uh, the inspiration for its name, Famous Monsters of Filmland, which is a magazine that ran forever. That's not only the the inspiration for the name of this album, but also the inspiration for the font that they use for their their band's name. Mm-hmm. If you look at monsters of Filmland, that's the exact same font that misfits have all their stuff printed out on. So just having that context on this album makes this album so much cooler because you know exactly what it is. It's, it's what I talked about earlier. It's that late night, uh, you know, monster vision. You're going to watch cheesy horror movies until three. You're tired of listening to monster mash. So you're yeah. putting on, 
<laughs> right. Put on famous monsters. Like I wanted to, I, I really wish I would have saved this for Halloween, but it's, it's February and I yeah. can't wait that long. <laughs> right. We, we, we need to feel like it's Halloween right now. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff on the internet about this album and most of it has to do with the two singers. So yeah. I think this is, we are going to separate ourselves as a podcast by lightly touching on it. And just getting away from the two singers and yeah. kind of exploring this album for what it is, and it's fucking amazing. Well, I, I being a fan of the Misfits for as long as I have, I have to have a side. I pick Michael Graves. I love Danzig too. I think Danzig's great. I think he was better as a soloist. But yeah, like for all intents and purposes, we're just going to focus on this album and what it was because this is your only experience with it. So because you, you've never listened to Danzig Misfits, so let's just focus on this album as it is, self-contained. I think. And that's I'm going to die idea. on the hill if Danzig sucks. <laughs> that's fine i'll join you bud um but yeah no it's uh, i'm a michael graves till i die man it's i think he's just an incredible vocalist but yeah again like you said let's for this let's just focus on this self-contained album sure um and then i'll just go ahead and jump into it with uh, kong at the gates oh, awesome opening and just again that horror that again that monster vision horror just is smacked you in the face right at the beginning it's literally about king kong standing at the gates when he's about to be introduced it's an instrumental but that's what it sounds like it's menacing that yeah and it's just it's a great way to open a horror album and it just sets the tone so incredibly well uh it it, feels more like a soundtrack song almost it does it does, and I think that was intentional, obviously, because, mm-hmm. I mean, they're obviously this band and their whole fan base is a fan of this classic horror mo- genre. And, uh, yeah, it, it's just a really cool entry. It's like a minute long. Mm-hmm. There's, it's an instrumental. Um, cool little fact about this. This was actually the entrance music for Vampiro in the WCW. Huh. Vampiro is a Sting knockoff. Um, he looks exactly like Sting. So I, I don't remember him. This He was in the WCW around the time I was watching WCW, but I don't remember him. Mm. But what a fucking entrance. Like, that's such a cool way to enter the ring with this yeah. song. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have much about Kong on the Gates other than it's a fucking cool-ass instrumental. Yeah, that, I just said it was just a, a really good build-up going right into Forbidden Zone. Yeah. Um, you wanna, yeah, hop into it, man. Okay. Forbidden Zone's yours. Uh, so the minute build-up in Kong leads into a... A fun kick right into Forbidden Zone. It's like as you don't even know the song switch, honestly. Yeah. If you had it on a CD, there might be like a second, but it, on Spotify, you kick right into it. And uh, the Back on Earth, that's all you'll read about. Wow, what an anthemic first yeah. chorus. Back on Earth, that's all you'll read about. Yeah. It's so good. It's it's just not, you're not used to that kind of like singing in a pop punk, mm-hmm. uh, like, in a pop punk song, and it's just a, a fun anthemic chorus that gets gets you off on the right foot on this album, and it like just has this kind of energy right out of the gate. Yeah, no, it's I, I, the first thing I wrote was what a cool fucking start, man. It's it's and the way I described this album to you at first before you would listen to it is like if a zombie punk band took over played a prom in the fifties or sixties. <laughs> that's what that's what this album sounds like because it's like you, there you got your fast songs. There's a couple slow down songs. Um, Saturday night what is a great fucking song we'll get to that in a minute but yeah. that's like the slow dance song on the album uh, but yeah it's it's just really really cool man and it's it, like I already talked about it but it feels this kind of perfectly sets up that that uh, that monster movie vibe and it just continues throughout the entire album and I just I, I absolutely love 
the f- the first like two minutes, two to three minutes of this album because it's just like, oh man, fuck, what is this comfy, cool little monster place that I'm in? And it's, I, I can't get enough of it. It's just fucking wacky, man. It's a wacky song, and like you said, you're not if you're if you're used to listening to pop punk, you've never heard a voice like Michael Graves before, and it's cool because it makes it instantly accessible, like sometimes pop punk can be hard to listen to or just punk in general can be hard to listen to because it is just a wall of noise a lot of times especially like older punk um like when misfits first formed like in the early 80s like that's what it was it was just how loud can you be uh so michael graves lends its lends this kind of sugariness to it that makes it fun and makes it interesting and makes it i don't know it's like tales from the crypt almost it's like a fun view on horror so. yeah um okay uh was that all you had for forbidden zone yeah forbidden zone um cool let's hop right into lost in space um so we go from something light and bouncy just straight into power punk like the beginning of this is just it hits you in the face like that's what i was talking about that kind of wall of sonic noise um and i said it's usually not great to listen to but that graves again makes it accessible uh it, it, i've heard it's so punk it hurts it has a runtime of 228 with a, which is honestly long for a punk song yeah <laughs> it's it's decadent <laughs> it's it probably in the like the upper percentile of t- like run times on songs on this album. Yeah, and it's just it never like it's it's so it's so funny. I the Misfits if they do anything else, if they do nothing else, they make me smile and giggle. Cuz they go from talking about giant spiders to having like philosophical musings like and it's just it but it's all contained contained in this like fury of 2 minutes and 23 seconds. So it, yeah, it's just a fun, like, it could be referencing the show Lost in Space, I mean, which it probably is, but you don't need that, you don't need to have that pop culture knowledge to enjoy this song. Yeah, so. and I, I love the tempo of this song. This feels yeah. like, just lay it out as like a, like a, a template. Hey, you want to make a good pop punk song? You better make it this fucking tempo. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's got crunchy guitars, which mm-hmm. I wrote, you know, Kevin's probably got a boner talking about. But because you do love your crunchy guitar, I do. I love a crunchy guitar. This um, this whole album is full of them. Oh yeah, uh, and the chorus obviously is, is killer. And I think that's where the album does a really good job of laying out the songs that are like this is going to catch people's attention. Mm-hmm. Um, because I the first time I played it, I was on a plane and I was listening, but I was you know preoccupied. Sure. And just like certain things about the chorus would like catch your ear and make you want to run it back. And when Something I'll get into later, the shorter pop punk songs are, the more accessible you are, the more likely you are to just like run it back. Sure, sure. That's because true. Because you're like, I was only I was only less than two minutes. All right, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta hear it again. I didn't get enough of it. And just giving someone a little bit and making them want more is I think something this album does a really good job of. Yeah, for sure. Uh Dust to Dust. My name is like a kiss of death, yeah. ashes to ashes, dust, dust to dust. dust. God damn, that's awesome. It's it, I fucking love this fucking song, dude. I'll let you talk first, but god damn it, I fucking love this song. Uh, it's not even like anything poignant or anything, but it was just like chills the first time I heard that. Mm-hmm. Um, it has the feel and catchiness of a Motley Crue song. Yeah, sure. I said that uh, the song feels like it could almost be like a, a Dr. Feelgood B-side because it's got like the... Ticka, 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 ticka. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really love Dust to Dust. It's, it's, 
I said I had three or four favorite songs. Uh, this is one of them. Yeah, this is absolutely one of my favorite songs on the album as well. We probably have the same favorite songs, I imagine. Yeah. Um, because it's either songs you've heard before or they're just that good and stand out from the rest. Um, but yeah, I said Graves' vocals are really showcased here in the chorus. And holy shit, the guitars, the drums, the menace. Uh, this is one of the first Misfit songs I can actually recall hearing before. And it's one of the ones that sticks out in my head. Just before that chorus, like it's oh, it's so good. And at the beginning too, hate you, father, for I hate you, father, for I you have sinned. It's just ah, so good. Um, yeah, and I wrote I wrote the chorus down too. With these final words, I pulled the switch. We turned to dust, dust to dust. <laughs> My name is like a kiss of death. Then we embrace. You know, it's ah, it's so good. And then there's a fucking key change. There's a key change in a punk song, and you don't ever fucking hear that. It's always just one monotone thing till the end at, after, at two minutes. But they throw a fucking key change in your face. And I think that when you do stuff like that and you still make it sound like a punk album, uh, it's it's really impressive. And I, I really have a lot of respect for um, what they did on this album and in this song for, in general because this, this is an earworm for sure. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, if we're if we're done with dust to dust, we'll move on to the crawling eye. The crawling eye. Yeah, and I said I assume like a lot of Misfits songs, this is about an old movie I haven't seen, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Aliens control us up on a mountain, and apparently that monster is a crawling eye. Like you don't none who have seen the crawling eye live to tell the tale. Or I think I forget what the actual lyric is. Um, but yeah, it's just it's. It's it's not a great song, but it's good. It's still just good enough. And I think again, Graves kind of saves this song for being like a punk puke fest, which is not my favorite thing in the world. But I, I love punk. Like I love hardcore punk, and I love like just everything about punk. Um, but sometimes it gets hard to listen to, and I think Graves again saves this song from being kind of uh, hard to listen to. I'm gonna say the exact opposite. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the instrumentation after the first chorus is exactly what I like about sure, punk. Where sure. it's just like after the first chorus, it's like no lyrics, just like straight mm-hmm. chaos, and then it just like straightens itself back out. Yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, it goes from second forty-five to minute one, and it was just like I immediately just like ran my finger back to forty-five <laughs> seconds because I had to hear it again. And I think that's such a hard thing to come by and. and an album that has 18 songs yeah, where you're sure. looking for little particular things in a song and the song's only two minutes long. And it was the first one that I remember hitting the back button and being like, all right, whatever the fuck that was, I need to hear it again. That's interesting. Uh, see, I wish I could go back to the first time I listened to this album and see if I did the same thing for the same songs. Cause I have my favorites on this album and it, you know, dust to dust is one of my favorites. So, you know, crawling eye and witch hunt kind of fall to the background sometimes for yeah. me. Uh, so that's interesting. I wonder, I wonder if I did the same thing the first time I listened to it. Like, Oh shit, that's cool as fuck. Like I, like again, I don't, there's not a bad song on this album. I'm not saying that this is a bad song. Uh, but again, it's like sometimes punk for me, gets a little too messy, but I, you know, I understand liking that as well. Yeah. And I think, uh, that's the cool thing about this podcast is this is something that's been in your mind for 22 years. It's hard to hear it again for the first time. <laughs> That's right. So you're getting two completely different perspectives on it. Yeah. Well, it's, it, I was, I was so looking forward to it because I knew you were going to like this album. I had no doubt in my mind you were going to like this album. Probably the same way that I liked this album the first time I listened to it. So I was, it was, I'm excited to kind of live that moment vicariously through you again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
Yeah. With that being said, um, unless you have more on Crawling Eye. Um, I said I know uh, the Misfits slide into in and out of horror punk, but so far it's felt more like uh, like a '90s pop punk album. Yeah. Um, Crawling Crawling Eye made me write. The song fucks, and it's only two minutes long, which <laughs> allows it to be one you can't get enough of. Yeah. And I feel the same way about Witch Hunt. Yeah, no, I like Witch Hunt a little better, for sure. Um, I'll let you talk about it first. Um, but yeah, the, these two songs kind of I wrote at the end of Crawling Eye. Um, it makes me feel like they were almost like forerunners of pop punk. I mean, Blink deserves some credit as well for that. But they're certainly you know, one of the people that inspired a lot of these pop punk bands today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes it feels like if you put them and the Ramones side by side, like on ground, Crawling Eye, I yeah. think if you put a Ramones song side by side, it would be tough to kind of discern. Sure. Yeah. For, for me, at least. Um, Witch Hunt, it's the second song in a row uh, that is two minutes or less, but it's so high energy that I can't get enough of it. Yeah. Uh, there's synchronization, which is crazy too because of the speed that they're going, but there's synchronization of the vocals and guitar, and it's something I always appreciate in songs because it gives it... It's like you're. It's like a car going by and it's got the door open. It's like hop in. If not, we're fucking leaving you because we're going fast, motherfucker. Uh, so yeah, I really appreciate the tempo and being able to to be able to sync up like that. Yeah, no, it's uh, it is really cool. I love punk for that, where it's just like a little snapshot. Uh, and this is this is the so this is one of the first songs where I noticed like it. I wrote that this sounds like it was recorded ten years earlier than the rest of the album for some reason, but I think that's cool. Yeah, uh, it just kind of like when I was listening to it again, I was like, oh wow, that's just a noticeable drop in production value. But I think that's on purpose because obviously it, it exists in the other songs, and I think it was uh, you know a, something they did thematically. They they wanted to be a flurry. They wanted to be a rush, like you said. It's like hop in or. You know, get in, we're going shopping, you know? <laughs> get in, loser. Yeah. We're not stopping. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, perfect. Thank you for saving my reference. Um, but yeah, it's like, you know, the chorus is fucking awesome. If you want to call it that for a two, if you want to call something a chorus that exists in a two minute song, the chorus is awesome in this mm-hmm. song. And yeah, it's, it's, it's just a blur. It's a blur. And I think that's the, one of the most punk things you can say about something is that it was, you blink and it's gone, which is good. <laughs> which is Wait, great. What, what happened? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, are you ready to talk about Scream? Yeah. All right, let's talk about Scream because I adore this intro. The kind of like the that gets hard at the beginning, where it just kind of like it feels very creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I actually wrote, "Fuck, goddamn, this intro kicks so much ass." <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's creepy, and it just it really just sets the tone. And the, the first lyric is, a chill runs up your spine and into your brain. And that is, that is exactly what that intro does to you. The, the song picks up immediately after, you, after Michael Graves like, does his long, like, scream. He does it, he kind of mirrors the guitar. Yeah, it makes you wait for, like, the floor to drop and you just don't know when. Yeah, well, and I, and I, I was reading up about this song because I knew there was something more to it because it sounds a lot different from the rest of the songs on this album. They actually wrote this to submit to Wes Craven for Scream 2. There was, that, that's what I read anyway. I don't know if it's, I didn't do a whole lot of cross-referencing, but um, I read that Wes Craven wanted to use, the, use Misfits tracks on one of his other albums. But Misfits wrote this song in the parking lot and it's show in Seattle and submitted it to Wes Craven for Scream 2. It didn't make the cut somehow. 
What? It's not on. I did every all the checking I did. This is not on the Scream Two soundtrack. There's another song by. Oh shit! Was well, some other rappers from the you know from that time called mm-hmm. Scream? So maybe that's why they didn't want to use this one. They didn't want to have two tracks called Scream on the album. But this song is awesome. It, it's a, it's just it's it's a classic Misfits track in the in the tone that it sets, but it sounds a lot different from a lot of the other stuff on this album. Um, and then you know just a quick fun fact: this song was uh, turned into a music video directed by George Romero. Yeah, that was, that was one of the, the facts I had about this song, too. Yeah. Did you watch the music video? I haven't, um, and I, I, I probably should because it I'm sure it's awesome. wild. Yeah. Um, and it's cool to see them all in their makeup because that's just not something I picture with this kind of music. <laughs> yeah. But then this is one of the first times you kind of feel the more horror mm-hmm. side besides, you know, King the, the intro uh, Kong at the Gate. This is the first time I really felt the horror punk. Yeah, um, yeah the music video is wild, and... I think they're like in a hot, an abandoned hospital and there's vampires and shit, but yeah, sounds about right. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's cool because I, I love old music videos back when there was a lot more time and effort put into them. Yeah, I agree. And it was playing on TRL, I'm sure. But yeah, uh, I really like this song and the music video looked like a B horror movie, which makes sense. Uh, if George Romero was directing. Yeah, it. exactly. Cause I think it was what I read. He was, the, it was the only time he directed a music video. That's fucking awesome. That makes me so happy, dude. Yeah. Ugh. So, yeah, I love I love when people respect bands that I also respect. <laughs> it makes me happy. But go ahead, sorry. Uh, yeah, that was the only. Uh, I don't think there's any singles technically, but this is the only music video. For right, the whole correct. Album. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. I mean, they did, well. I did have one little nugget. Um, apparently, Romero loved working with them because he put them in one of his movies called Bruiser. So they Hell make an yeah. appearance in the film Bruiser, which I also haven't seen, but I might go and watch it tonight. Yeah, because why the hell not? <laughs> So, yeah, let's move on to Saturday Night, Dill. Saturday Night. Uh, we're slowing it down a little bit. Like yep. Kevin uh, mentioned a little bit earlier, it feels like a prom song. It does. If, it, if Hotel Transylvania had prom, <laughs> uh, this would be it. Uh, it slows it down. It's what me and Kevin like to call a palate cleanser. Yeah. Uh, you, you, it, the set slows down a little bit. You can go get a drink of water. You're done, uh, you're done in the pit for a minute. You need a song to cool down. This song is about going different places you used to with your partner and getting sad that you have to do it alone, like going to the drive-in, uh, driving around alone. Um, but it feels like an 80s metal or a rock ballad. Yes. It seems like one that would be like track 9 or 10 at the end of like a rock album. And I really like it. I, did, I wasn't sure about the, the change of pace at first, but you kind of need it halfway through where it's just been like nothing but up tempo the whole time i agree it was uh and it's not slowing it down to like a like a power ballad it's like still rock but it's just slowed down a little bit yeah there's still distortion on the guitars the drums are still going pretty hard um but yeah man i i absolutely fucking love this song this is another one of my favorites on the album and uh i think it's i think it's interesting that you interpreted it so straight like that because there's a lot of interpretations on this song that i that i love and uh, but yeah, I wrote, all right, guys, grab your gals. It's time for slow dance. <laughs> I could just hear Michael Graves coming up and be like, all right, guys, this one's for the ladies. And uh, <laughs> um, 
And, you know, I love the fact that the fucking first line is there's 52 ways to murder anyone. And that's it's just every time I hear that lyric mixed with this kind of slow prom dance feel, I fucking crack up laughing because it's so funny, man. There's 52 ways to murder anyone. One and two are the same. They'll do just as as one or whatever like that. It's a great, great, great fucking lyric. And I, I wrote it. I even There's two ways I saw people interpreting it. Is like either he breaks a girl's heart every week because there's 52 weeks in a year, um, and then he cries on a Saturday night because he's alone, um, or he just murders a new girl every weekend. That's the way I prefer to see it, and I think that fits better with this, not only the lyrics of this song, but the whole album in general. And this is like, there's something he talks about. Um, he, this one, like I'm, I'm coming clean for Amy because Julie didn't scream as well. Or something like that. And so I think he's he's in the process of murdering Amy. <laughs> it's like his his best gal. And he's crying because, you know, you know, the backseat of the drive-in is lonely without you. And it's, it's oh, man. It's just so hilariously brutal, this song. When you look at it like he's this is his last murder victim of the year, and he's like, "I'm going to come clean because you know I'm starting to lose it." Julie wasn't doesn't scream as well as you, Anne, and uh, I'm just going to be crying on a Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, he could be using the the whole kill as like an analogy. Which yeah, is I think I think it's probably it. what it is. Yeah, um, but <laughs> that's funny. I prefer I, it to be like he's a mass murderer and he's killed a girl every. He's killed. He's just brutalized this little midwestern town, killing little seventeen-year-old girls every week. And he's like, "Oh, Amy, you're you're the best. So I'm going to come clean for you." I'm tired of chasing the dragon. Yeah, Amy was the best. Oh, he said he's, he does. He also says like, "I'm sitting now. I'm sitting here watching you die." So that I mean, it's pretty on the nose for me. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I, I. It could be taken metaphorically, which a lot of it's some people do online as well. So I don't, I don't blame me for taking it that way. The hopeless romantic in me is like heartbreak. I feel you, dog. Yeah, I think this is a breakup song, but I think it's a breakup with him doing murders. Yeah. <laughs> which one's more painful? <laughs> Get back to us. He loves them both. He loves the girls. He loves the murders. <laughs> if you know which one's more painful, tweet at us. At oh, please don't. Plus. Please turn yourself in and go to jail. Hey, we're trying to get a reward. <laughs> We are trying to build a brand here. I apologize. We won't turn you in, I promise. Yeah, we're going to be Crime Stoppers and podcasters. (laughs) (laughs) So tweet at us if you've ever killed someone. Let us know if it feels better than a breakup. I wish you guys could have seen Dylan's face when he said that because it was dead serious and it was amazing. But no, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next one uh, is Pumpkinhead. Yeah, Pumpkinhead. so then I like this one because it, it, it feels very Tales from the Crypt where it kind of, he tells you exactly, he's, this is the story and he just says what it's about. Um, yeah, it feels very, like I said, Tales from the Crypt and I think this song is about, is an alternate version of Ichabod Crane because um, I think his mother was accused of being a witch and they talk about, we found the witch and all that and, you know, he had a, apparently had a pumpkin head his father's name was william but i think they used ed because it rhymed with dead (laughs) and pretty much everything else in this in this album in this song again i could be wrong but i think that's cool i mean they wrote a song about ichabod crane you know it's horror standard right there yeah um and so i choose to i choose to think about it that way 
And this song is really, really good, especially when they go pumpkin head. Like to just say that twice and then just back into the yeah, <laughs> back into the it, song. Honestly, this one feels more like metal than it does, it does yeah. uh, punk. It's a little bit darker. Yeah, and for me personally, it's kind of a throwaway one. I like yeah, sure. all the lore and stuff with it, but for the most part, I was maybe it's just the track eight curse or track nine curse for me. <laughs> maybe because um, that's normally where I'm like, all right, well, what are we doing here? Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a, a still a fun song, and the, the, the drums and the guitar seem way more metal in this song yeah. than any other. Which can we talk about the the drummer's name real quick, Doctor? <laughs> oh, it is Doctor Frankenstein or something? Doctor something von Frankenstein or something like that? I forget <laughs> what his name. So casually are like, yep, that's when Doctor Frankenstein left the band. <laughs> yeah. Who? Well, they're all kind of they have stupid stage names okay. like that. Um, that's not his actual name. <laughs> Von Frankenstein left the band. That's when that shit fell apart. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Who cares? Okay. Misfits are awesome, regardless of who you... I don't want to get into this again, because it fucking pisses me off. Just enjoy the band. That was Dylan asking a question. I know. About Dr. Frankenstein. I know. I don't remember his name, but it's dumb and it's silly. (laughs) And I love it. Uh, Next one is Scarecrow Man, number 10. Yeah. Let's go. This is you, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wrote let's go because uh, we we traveled. We slowed it down. We went for like a, a metal track. And the intro and guitar riff is fucking new metal yeah, at dude. its best. And I don't even know if new metal was really a thing no, then. Not really. I mean, there was the Misfits and Corn and stuff. But but it, it settles into this nice little pocket of horror punk where the guitar is really sore and the vocals are a little drowned out. But it still works. But I really liked the, the intro where it kind of weaved its way into a really fun song. And the guitar solo after the second chorus is short and sweet. and But I feel like it carried a lot of the momentum for the rest of the song. And this is definitely one of my favorite tracks because I was just like, "Woo, that was, <laughs> that was wild. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like there's so much going on, but it still is so fluid. And it made it for a, a really fun song that... It, it was another one where I was like, it took me forever to get through this album, even though it's 47 minutes yeah. because I was replaying songs like, whoa, that's on. a good sign though. Like if you want to listen to something again like that, yeah, it's like either you were like, what the fuck did I just listen to? Or like, oh shit, what the fuck did I just listen to? <laughs> yeah. You know? And so it's, it's can be both sides of the spectrum, but I think I always think it's good if you want to spend more of your precious time on earth listening to the same song you just listened to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm notorious for it for, for songs that I like, I wear them out. So for this to be track ten and me still getting my ears perked yeah. up is is a is a good sign. Yeah, no, I, I I I don't have as much love for this song. I think it's a good song. Again, I, like I said, there's no bad songs on this album for me. It is a lot of fun though. I fucking I do enjoy listening to this song because it's just it's a it's a song again. I don't want to fall into the trap of like with pop where you think about it too deeply. This is just a song about a slapstick scarecrow that murders people, and that's cool as shit. And it, the the chorus is. Turn around. How do you do? I'm the scarecrow man. And then he murders people. And that's so funny. I just imagine that in like, I don't know, like, again, a a Romero film. Like he goes, hey, how you doing? I'm the scarecrow man. And he just stabs you in the chest with, I don't know, a scythe. I don't know. Yeah. I'd imagine a scythe. Some sort of farm farm tool. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's great. It's you're right. It's it's more hard rock or something like that than it is punk. Um, but who cares? Because you know, I think when you do when you put yourself through the lens of horror, you can kind of branch out and do separate things like this. And that, and that may be why a lot of people don't necessarily love this album from a pure punk standpoint. But to them, I say, get the fuck over it. Just enjoy good music. Yeah, uh, especially something that is so. Like thematically, it, it's perfect thematically. Yeah. Like every song fits yeah. in this album perfectly. Perfect. Normally, you and I go over like the arrangement of the album and like songs we would take out and song songs we would rearrange. But this, I don't, I don't see a problem with the way it was laid out. No, I agree. I think that, I think this is one of the f- the first albums we've done that I really don't have any complaints about where songs fall on the album because I think they did a really good job knowing how to construct an 18 song album and making it still interesting towards the end. Cause again, I am starting to lose a little interest here, but then you get a song like Scarecrow man or die monster die, which brings it kind of back to that kind of very light sugary, which is next. Um, but yeah, I think they do a really good job and, and then I'll just hop right into die monster die. If you, if you're done with yeah. uh, Scarecrow man, um, I said, yeah, this is just a classic, like bouncy, like I wouldn't, I don't want to call it like, it's it's like a it's a good pop punk song. It's just it's fine. It's nothing special, but it's the perfect song. It, I wrote, <laughs> this is the perfect song for like a petulant thirteen year old that just got in an argument with their parents to play really loud. And it's just die monster die. Just played that part over and over again for their parents to hear from through the kitchen floor as you're down in your little basement dungeon. That's it. You're going to church on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yes, dude. This song, I said, we're back to the anthemic chorus. Yes. Die Monster Die is dope as fuck. I don't know if it makes sense, but it feels like when they are going for those choruses that they know are going to stick in people's brains, yeah. it feels like the drums are like, da, da, da. Like, it goes perfect with yeah. the, the anthem. And uh, that always gets me like, I got chills thinking about it, which is actually how I, I picked my next album, was hearing something like this. Oh, where shit. I was like, this reminds me of something I want to listen to now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's foreshadowing for later. All right, sweet. Can't wait. Next one is Living Hell. Um, <laughs> maybe the guitar chugging in the song, or maybe I realized these guys, this guy's vocals are too good for pop punk, is what I had to say. <laughs> that was like my thoughts as I was listening to this song. I think this could have been a metal album if they weren't under the moniker Misfits. Yeah, sure. Um just because I think the guitars, the way they tune them and just the sound they were going for, you know, we talk um, metal, you can pretty much do whatever the hell you want. That's true. And maybe if this was a metal album, people would be like more accepting of it. Yeah, I think, yeah, if you if you just took the name Misfits off this album and just put, I don't know, Death Grinder on it or some random stupid metal name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give it like a like horror metal, metal would be name. More accepting yeah, albums. which is dumb because this song, this album fucking rocks. So yeah, anyway, sorry, I, mu- I must have had my ADD moment because I didn't write anything else about this song. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my pure thoughts listening to Living. Hey, Hell. that's fine. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just have a little nugget of thought, and that's all you need. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> that's okay. Get this um, man some riddling. No, it's okay. I, I think in my notes before, like a die monster die, it felt like you were coming to the crest of a roller coaster, and you could tell like this song is leading you into like a whirlwind end and living hell is a, is a whirlwind kind of a song. It just kind of whips you around with punchy guitars and drums and, um, that, which might be a living hell for some people. But for me, I love that part of a roller coaster. I talked about it before where I love that at the end of the beast where it kind of whips you into that tunnel. That's kind of what this song feels like to me. And, um, 
Yeah, I just said it's a it's a blistering ride that demands attention. Which I think again, you know, we're what it's song eleven at this point, song twelve. Yeah, song twelve. Yeah, and that's I mean, again, if you're still catching my if you're still holding my attention at song twelve to, to kind of go into the back half of this album, that's a great you you've done a good job. Well done. Oh yeah. Um, and that leads to Descending Angel, which again is it's. I hesitated to call it one of my favorite songs on the track, but it's certainly one of the more recognizable songs on this album. Um, I said, I wrote, I feel like this was an every X game style video game ever from like the 1999 until like 2012. Like I could see, I could hear this in Dave Muir BMX. I could hear this in Tony Hawk one and two. I feel like this is one Dave of those songs, Mira, dude. I loved Dave Muir BMX. Wow. What a game that was yeah. because you could not fall. All you had to do was press like R2 or something like that, and it would immediately flatten you out to whatever surface you were about to land on, so you could just do dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> Love Dave Muir BMX. Thank you for making it easy for me. RP. <laughs> is, of course. Is, is Dave Muir dead? I thought so. Is, is he? he we don't have to whisper. Is he not dead? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, okay. He could be. I don't know. I'll Google it. I'll yeah. jujule it after this. Yeah. Here's the thing. If he's dead, don't tweet us. We'll have looked it up by then. Yeah. So we know. Uh, rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, we'll RIP. Preemptively. Yeah. If someone is alive, you're still wanting them to rest. If you're one of Dave Mira's relatives and you're listening to this and he is in fact dead, I apologize. But I just am not I don't know. Yeah. You made a great video game, Dave. Yeah, you made a great Dave video game. Um and it, anyway, um this song feels like it could be in one of those songs. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> one of those uh games, sorry. Um for me this was the palate cleanser. Um because it is it's it's a song about Lucifer falling from heaven and it's got some heavy, like, like overtones to it as far as like the lyrics go. Um, and there's, but there's a goddamn like long guitar solo and like, you don't get that. It's like, it's more than five seconds long. (laughs) So, and it kind of soars and it kind of does all these little tricks, which you don't get in punk songs really at all. I mean, you get guitar solos, but they're not like shredding guitar solos like this one is there's a difference. And, uh, Again, I think you're right where this, these last few songs maybe fit better on not a punk, punk album. Um, but I think that's good. I think that's on purpose because, uh, you know, the next four songs are all pretty punk to me. So, yeah. Yeah. Descending Angels is good. I like it. It's one of the more recognizable songs on the album. And uh, but yeah, it's it's just fine for me. Yeah, I think it's 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 good. Uh, a couple too many woes for. Whoa. whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then again, who am I to say? You know, <laughs> I'm not writing the songs. If they're done well enough, they're they're fine. They don't yeah. bother me. Um, but yeah, it still it still kicks and it it drops off for me personally just a little bit. And I know if it's going to be a drop off in my mind, the next one's going to kick ass. Yeah, and that's exactly how I feel about the next song. Them, um, it's it goes right back into being pop punk. Yeah, and. It's a strange song about giant ants, which I guess was a movie <laughs> called Them. Yeah. I had to look it up because I was like, what the fuck is he Here's the thing. About? If you don't know what the fuck they're talking about, it's more than likely a movie <laughs> reference. If they're talking about nuclear ants, then yeah, that's probably a movie they saw in like. <laughs> yeah, it's a 1950s movie called Them. I did way too much research on it that is not applicable to this show, but... <laughs> Yeah, fucking radioactive ants. Let's get hyped. Let's go mosh over some radioactive ants. Yeah, I mean, that's really all you got to say about this. I said the same exact thing. It takes you from an almost peaceful free fall and descending angel straight into the middle of a mosh pit in an 80s punk club. That's exactly what them is. And it's great because it's about fucking nuclear ants. That's cool, man. That's that's all you need to know. It's a, it's a blistering punk song that you're going to get punched in the face to while listening about 
atomic ants. We need to go kill them all or whatever they say in the song. We need to go kill these ants, this nest. It's, oh man, it's so good. It's, ugh. I fucking love it, man. I just, there's something, there's something pure and like there's a childish glee to punk that I, that's, it's impossible to deny. And this yeah. song is, it, it personifies that almost perfectly. Um, do you have anything else about them? Nope. Sick because I love Fiend Club. Me too. Uh, Fiend Club's Fiend awesome, dude. It, it's it's a it's an it's finally we get our true punk a- uh, anthem, and I love anthems no matter how they come. But punk anthems, they, again, for the same reasons I was just talking about, it's kind of, there's kind of almost like this childish exuberance to a punk anthem where it's like we're gonna raise our fist in the air. We we're all weirdos, and we we all belong to this club. We are the Fiend Club, not you. Yeah, I love this chorus, man. It's yeah, so it's, so good. It kind of just flips the whole like you're going to make us feel like outcasts. Fuck you. You're not allowed in our Fiend yeah. Club. <laughs> you know, and that's that's such a cool sentiment. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of cool. We've talked about like people being from Mars on like two albums. Yeah, and this is kind. This personifies it, I think, better than any that we've heard so far. If we were going to rank outsider, or did you know me and my friends, we don't fit anywhere with us. And I think yeah. this song is the closest to where modern punk is now. Sure. Um, just in terms of sound and it's, you know, who doesn't love a loser anthem? A yeah, fun, no. it, it just, it kills. I think one of the second lyrics is we're not losers all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, we're not it, losers when we're together. So fuck off. I, I just love that kind of like the, the whole second verse talks about how their their hair is too long or they dress funny and whatever. Like, they're like, fuck you, dude. We're the Fiend Club. We're the fucking Fiend Club. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, we've got a cool guitar. We've got a cool guitar riff and a, and a beat we could punch our fist in the air to. Get the fuck out of our way. And I, I love that shit, man. I, I love punk anthems so much because it just makes me want to be 16 and a loser, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a weird thing. But I want to, I want to be part of the Fiend Club. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of uh, Stranger Things, where they have their own little little, yeah. little club. Yeah, and I think that's what's so accessible about that as well. Is like we're outsiders, but we're still out here saving the world from yeah, man, upside down. Oh, but anyway, the Fiend Club, fucking dope. Yeah, I was, I was, I was blasting it as I pulled into your driveway <laughs> just now. Is <laughs> oh, man, I fucking love that song. Uh, anyway, uh, let's move on to Hunting Humans. Yeah, Hunting Humans. Uh, it's a a pretty vivid song about hunting humans and the smell of burning flesh. Yeah, it's very, very graphic. But it's it's funny because it, the dichotomy of it being about burning flesh and killing, hunting humans, it's like an up-tempo, almost bubblegum, <laughs> exactly. the most bubblegum song on the album. You just described every Misfits song in the world to me, and that's exactly why I love them. Because it takes something so gruesome about thousand corpses blocked the way and this man-made virus made almost everyone commit suicide. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's through the lens of this bouncy, almost sugary like lens. It's like Maxwell silver hammer. It's about gruesome murders, but it's like bang, bang, Maxwell silver hammer came down upon it. It's just so goofy. But, and that's why I love it because it's, it's one of those great jokes that bands get to play on people. It's like, Oh man, this sounds great. And then mom and dad actually listen to it like, Oh no, <laughs> don't look up the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, cause I'll let you continue your thoughts, but you perfectly described why I love the misfits with those sentences. That was, that was, uh, pretty much all I had. I said, I'm here for it because the, the fucked up lyrics along with like a sound that doesn't match it is just like, yeah, it's great. It's interesting for sure. Um, 
Yeah, it kind of leads perfectly into to Helena. Yeah, oh boy. We'll get to Helena in a second. That's my favorite. Helena is my favorite song. Is it? I wrote, uh, yeah, off, almost a par- almost two paragraphs about Helena. So, yeah, it's my favorite song <laughs> by a large margin on this album. But anyway, while we're still on Hunting Humans, I, I like to imagine that this song is being sung by the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse as they like gleefully go about their work, and that's why it's got this kind of funny, humorous tone to it. It's like, well, there's pestilence and death, but every day is killing day. You know, and that's how the song ends. Every day is killing day, and it's just... I think it's so funny to like, think about the Four Horsemen just kind of slowly trotting along in the air and like... Well, <laughs> There's a thousand corpses in the way. What do we do? And I guess everybody killed themselves because of this man-made plague. But yeah, keep on hacking That's away. Good, good eating. Yeah. <laughs> it's job security. That's it. <laughs> it just makes me giggle, man. And the misfits make me giggle, and I love it. It's just, oh man. And that that again, that that feeling leads perfectly into Helena because this opening of this song is my favorite song opening maybe ever yeah maybe ever the just the the quick punchy guitars it's it's i think it's it's it sounds like a revving chainsaw and i think that's on purpose yeah because um if you know anything about the movie boxing helena or you know anything about this song the first lyric is If I cut off your leg, if I cut off your arms and I cut off your legs, would you still love me anyway? And I think that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And the way he sings it would, if I cut off your arms and I cut off your legs, would you still love me anyway? It's just, oh man, it's, it's so bouncy and silly the way it sounds, but it's literally, he's turning this woman into a stump and it's like, eh, do you still love me? It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy, dude. I, I I have a very vivid like picture of how he wrote this song. Yeah, I am at, it's it's a movie from 1993, Boxing Helena. Yes, 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. I imagine he was on date night, took a girl to Blockbuster, they rented a, a VHS of Boxing Helena, and he watched it with her, and she was like, "This is so messed up." He's like, "Would would you still love me if I did that?" To yeah, you? right. And she's like, "No." <laughs> He's like, oh, "God damn it, I got a song out of this." Yeah, right. Oh um, man, but yeah, that. It's a very crazy theme for us. Our last last song. It's of the, the album. last actual song on the album, which yeah. is crazy. And it's it just again it makes me fucking giggle, man. I just every time I hear it, I just fucking laugh and smile because it's it's about disfiguring a woman and be like, hey, do you still love me? Hey, just poking her torso that you, that you left. Hey, I love you. <laughs> You still love me, right? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you love me anyway? And the, but the, that, that's the thing too. There's that like very like almost crooner-ish like beginning, but then it like completely changes like the theme of the song halfway through. But then it comes back to the original, and in the the silence between the guitars, there's just a huge like tom hit, and it just it's such a good way to bring that initial theme back. Um, from this, the beginning of this song, it just, oh man, it's just such a powerful and good, enjoyable ride about something that is very gruesome. Yeah. And I've never seen Boxing Helena. I need to because I've loved this song since the first second I heard it. And I've, I need to, I need to see what inspired this song. Um, but you know what it's about for the most yeah, part? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, the, this girl gets in a car wreck, doctor gets obsessed with her, and so he cuts off her limbs and makes her stay in his apartment with him so yeah. it's it's gruesome yeah 
Um, yeah, I really like this song because of the metal. It like progresses into a metal song, and then like it just kind of fits the personality of the perspective he's, he's choosing to yeah. to write the song from. It's just like nutty and all over the place and kind of erratic. Like, like oh shit, whoever wrote this song is nuts. Yeah, and you know that fits really perfect for for what they were going with yeah and that's one of the things i wrote too it's just you can see the person singing this song with like one of those like maniacal grins on their face like a cheshire cat grin as they're like hacking up limbs and then like it's just it's it's there's this mania to this song but it's it's ordered in such a way that it's so enjoyable to listen to it it's got still got those pop sensibilities to it even though it does turn into kind of like a a power punk song in the middle, but then, you know, Michael Graves brings it back and it turns it almost like a power ballad at that point. And man, man, oh man, fucking Helena is such a, such a good fucking song. And I wrote, I talked a lot about, uh, Brandon small two episodes ago, how he's really good at like setting a tone for his songs and misfits do that better than anyone in punk. They, they're like, we are zombies playing punk. That's who we are. That's what our songs are going to sound like. They may not be the most punky. They may not be the most rocky. They may not be the most anything. But God damn it, they're going to sound like we wrote them in a graveyard. And that they do that so well that you can't help but deny it, especially on Famous Monsters. I mean, they, they, took, they took what was their main inspiration for the font of the band. And so they had to get this right. And I think they couldn't have gotten it more right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I and it kind of leads perfectly into, you know, kind of the reprise of, of the intro. I, I hesitate to even call it that. <laughs> well, it's got a different name. Yeah. Or it would have been... It's, yeah, it's Kong like, at the Gates and then Kong Unleashed. Yeah. It's literally just the first bit of guitar riff from... Or it's, I think it might just actually be the last little part of the guitar riff that they just play over again. I, I was telling Kevin I watched a review on YouTube, <laughs> which is never a good idea, even though we're doing a podcast reviewing albums. Um, but this, <laughs> but we're of, smarter than them, Dylan. Yeah. Obviously, we're better. Obviously, we're way more niche. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the person reviewing it was like, "Yeah, I don't know the the intro and the the outro kind of sound too similar." Not realizing that it's <laughs> literally the exact same song. They didn't record a separate track for Kong Unleashed. Um, Kong was at the gate, but he beat down the motherfucking door. And yeah. Now he's here. It's such a cool. It's I love the fact that they just brought back the end of the first song for the last forty five seconds of this album because whoop loop you back up to the top. Yeah, it, it's better than like I think it's it executes better than a reprisal at the end of a. I album. agree. So yeah, and again, seven, it's, it's forty five seconds. So it's like, what are you fucking complaining about? Right. Whew. You want to get into closing thoughts? <laughs> yeah, sure. I think I've pretty much hit on all my points already. Have you? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, that's just I can't talk about this album without gushing about it at some point. Which just I have to take a step back and be like, you know what? This album's fucking great. And um, I guess what I'll start with is I selfishly wanted to do this album because, I, like I already talked about, it was my first introduction to the Misfits, and I love the Misfits. And so I wanted you to have the exact same experience I did. Selfishly, I want you to to experience this band the way I did and hopefully you'll like them as much as I do and I hope that's the case um, it sounds like you like this band I hope you dig into them more yeah um, and I, again we'll touch on it again I think if you have a problem with Michael Graves I think you need to listen to American Psycho and specifically Famous Monsters with an unbiased ear just take the fact that you know, you love Glenn Danzig and you love what he did with the first two albums and that he set up the mystique of this band. He set up the kind of like 
weird kind of fan base for this band. If you remove him from the equation, you just listen to this album with an unbiased ear. You can't deny that it's amazing. It's, it really is just interesting to listen to. And I think what this album did is so rare because I think it is criminally under listened to. I think there's a lot of people that know about the misfits and have never listened to famous monsters, but I think I want it to stay that way. Whereas normally I'd want like with, um, Grace by Jeff Buckley. I want everybody to have listen to that album. I think everybody should. I don't think everybody should listen to this album because there's a lot of people that don't understand that aren't in the Fiend Club that would really like this album and it would ruin it. It's, it's somehow they made a like a very accessible album that still only belongs to their fans and that is so rare in the industry that I don't want it to ever be spoiled. Yeah, and I. I I know I'm being counterproductive by talking about it on a podcast that goes out to the world, but I'm, I'm not the first person to do so. It's just so rare that you get an album like this that is so that could have easily been played on radio or, or, or all the like easily. Oh yeah, especially at the time, you know, '99. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so to me, I want this album to remain criminally under listened to because it should be for its fans. And yeah, that's it, man. I, I love the fact that it's just, it's a great album that didn't get enough recognition and I hope it never does. So we can just keep it to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was really fun to listen to because I was, I kind of went in without expectation. I knew they had paid the way for punk, but, yeah. uh, it was just a wild, a wild ride yeah. and it's kind of like the, the metalocalypse, like it just exists kind of in a vacuum <laughs> And that's kind of how I wanted to listen to it. I did some research after I listened to it a couple of times, but it's just so much fun that they were able to explore, but still remain in this little famous monsters world that they were mm-hmm. putting themselves into. And I think all the themes of horror, you know, it, it's exciting. It was, there's nothing I've heard that's quite like it. So thanks for showing it to me. Kid. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm glad you liked it. I knew you would. I just, you know, I don't know. Misfits is one of those bands I don't listen to all the time. But when I come back to them, man, do I fucking wear them out. I've I've listened to this album 20 times since I suggested it two weeks ago. And I couldn't be happier. Like, I'm I'm not tired of listening to it. I'm going to listen to it on the way home probably as well because I just love it that much. Like, I want to listen to Saturday Night again after after talking about it. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, like... Uh, I don't know. Thanks for thanks for indulging my my selfish uh, my selfish need here to make you <laughs> listen oh, to a band I like the same way I I was introduced to them. We're we're gonna get selfish next week too. Okay, cool. Um, That's fine. Let's get selfish. But I have two. <laughs> two. Again, I'm gonna make you. Cho- I'm gonna make you choose. God, you did this to me last time. Just pick one. Okay. Okay. The story so far under soil and dirt. Okay. I've, so, now I'm, I'm familiar with the story so far from. Uh, on, no, no, off the beat cliff from Dog Beer Night, correct? Mm-mm. Wait, that's, what? That's saying anything. That's right. My bad. So um, do you remember that little on our top five songs in the Yeah, uh, okay. The I remember you talking about this. He now, had right? like a side project yeah, where yeah, he yeah. did Super Punk album. Um, this is from 2013, I want to say. It's probably an album that I've listened to the most in my life. Okay. From my, my days at Red Bull where I would just I was driving and it was in the CD player and I listened to it a fucking million times. But now that you opened the door to pop punk, uh, <laughs> this is 
It's we were going to get there eventually. We both yeah. love pop punk. And I think that's one of, that's like our main, like if there's a Venn diagram of the stuff we listen to, that's one of the few things in our Venn diagram is pop yeah. punk or just punk in general. I, I was, I was torn between that one and uh, another one that I'm sure I'll get to eventually. But yeah. We, it's not like we're ending the podcast next time. So. <laughs> right. It's just <laughs> tough to make the decision for the next, what am I going to listen to for the next fucking week? suck it up and be a man and make, I, oh, make your own decisions. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, so next week, get ready for the story so far is under soil and dirt. Just moves right past it. <laughs> it you can't hurt my feelings. That's fair. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> shoot. Lost all my... Sorry. Oh, but anyway, uh, if you guys want to listen to us on... Uh, on Listen to us. If you want to check us out on Twitter, we're on at Off Clef. Yes. Uh, Instagram is Off the Beaten Clef. Yep. Uh, interact with us. Let us know you're listening. And uh, fuck you, Ben Carter. Yeah, I agree. You fuck that guy. What a piece of shit my younger brother is. <laughs> this is a test to see if he listens this far because he yeah. claims he listens every week. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. <laughs> see you guys next see week. Ya.